Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome back to another episode of Buffalo Happy Hour. Mike, what's going on? Derek, we're sharing a mic. We sure are. I'm excited. Uh, but we are in lovely East Aurora yet again. So let's start with introductions so that way our audience knows who we're talking to. And then we'll dive right into history and all fun things, you guys. Well, I'll start by saying, first of all, you're in our 42 Below Barrel Room. So a uh, nice cozy spot for us to do this today. Uh, John Simperman, and I'm the... Uh, Founder of the brewery, which means I'm the one who's you know cleaning up the messes and uh, you know maintenance and whatever else and then uh, hiring good people. So with that, I'll let these guys introduce themselves. Sure, yeah. Let's start with Matt over here. Uh, Matt Matashevsky, I'm the uh, head brewer of 42 North. Uh, so any beers go through me, and uh, if there's any problems, I guess that's my fault. <laughs> <laughs> you get the credit too now and then. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. I get the cheers and the jeers. There you go. Uh, my name is Fred Marshall. I run the tap room, so basically the front of house. So he makes the liquid and I sell it. Love that. Great dynamic. And what's great is uh, these guys have both been with us uh, actually before we even opened our doors. So proud to have uh, some ten- tenure and some legacy with our, with our employees. Yeah, so when did 42 North open? October 22nd, 2015. Okay. So oh, wow. um, I don't want to date the podcast too much, but uh, we're about to ho- approach our seventh anniversary. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's awesome. So back then, 
what was the thought process before you even started? Like, was this always a passion of you to start a brewery at some point? Yeah, it, it was for me, and it took me, oh, I don't know, 30 years to convince my wife it was a good idea. <laughs> uh, yeah, I grew up yeah, as a bad home brewer and trying to replicate Sierra Nevada's you know, recipes in my basement. And, uh, you know, I've always just loved, you know, I love craft beer, but more importantly, I love the community that surrounds craft beer. You know, whenever, whenever I traveled in my profession, I would always find the coolest people in the coolest places, usually hanging out at a brewery. So uh, always figured East Aurora being an arts and crafts town, right, with Fisher Price and others was a great spot for it. And uh, tick-tock, tick-tock, nobody was opening a brewery in East Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, actually... Uh, we uh, converted what was my former marketing agency into a, into a brewery, and it's been a great home for us. So you converted your... F- okay. Yeah, explain that. Yeah, you, you have to go through that because <laughs> it, it, normally when we talk to people, it's yeah. like, I, I was doing this while I did my other job. Right. But if you converted your other job to your new job, you didn't right. really have that luxury. So what right. was that conversation? Yeah, well, it's, I don't want to get into all the <laughs> details, but I, actually, you know, I had a, 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 a marketing agency... Uh, and ended up selling the marketing agency uh, and following my passion. But uh, the good news for us is we owned the building which which housed the agency, which um, has really turned out to be a really good layout for what we do. You know, Matt has hopefully enough space to to work and to grow. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm you know home brewer, marketing guy, and you know. You know, following the passion, which is which is craft beer for sure. How did you guys get involved then? Like, how did the three of you meet? Uh, so I have a mutual friend with uh, Fred, and um, I was in insurance for like a decade. And kind of like the story you were saying, like I worked in insurance and I hated it. Um, every day of my life was the worst day of my life, and I was a home <laughs> brewer, and that was fun. And I kept thinking about a pipe dream of being a, a professional brewer. Um, and when my first son was born, my wife was like, you know, you're, you're miserable. You know, so why don't you kind of put your money where your mouth is and try to do something with this? And ECC had started their um, their brewing program. So I was like, well, you know, how many home brewers walk into a place and say, I'm a home brewer. Come and hire me. Not dissuading anybody from doing that. Like, please, you know, come in if you're interested. But um, I joined the ECC program. And then through our mutual friend was like, hey, man, I, I know you're trying to get into the industry. Fred's actually going to be, you know, the taproom manager at this place in East Aurora. And he connected us. And, you know, we you know, came in for an interview and uh, started off in the taproom and you know, made my way, you know, down the line. <laughs> it was during the, uh, basically building a team in the beginning. So <clears throat> that's why John was talking about before we even opened is when Matt and I started. So we were putting together the team for 42 and, you know, looking at resumes, somebody who's just started a brewing program, you know, I knew he knew how to sling drinks. Uh, so, so honestly, yeah, I mean, you started in, in the tap room yep. before you wound up downstairs. So I lost a bartender in the brewery. I, I did both. Gained, did gained both. what would be our future head brewer. Yeah. Yeah. Did both for a little while. Uh, you know, have those you know thirteen hour days opening the brewery, closing down the bar. So it was, you know, it was fun. Just burning the candle at both yeah, ends. Poor, poor wife at sure. home with a newborn child. So <laughs> all three ends. Yeah. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so when you're conceptualizing this brewery and you own this building, yep. was there any ever reservation because you are kind of off the beaten path from the main strip? Did you right. think? Maybe I should get another building on the main strip. Or was that always the plan? No, I mean, again, I think a, a really important thing for for you know restaurant owners, brewery owners, I think a really 
big asset is when they own the real estate because then you can invest in the future because you know you're going to be there. So no, actually, actually, I think the, the building is perfect. You know, we, we share a parking lot with Vidler's Five and Dime, right? So, you know, we have 150 parking spots around the building. Uh, and we're not constrained as we would be if we were on Main Street. You know, if inside the brewery we have, what, 30, 40 foot ceilings, you know, so we've got room up, uh, we've got room out. So no, not at all. Um, I think the, you know, in hindsight, we got really lucky. The space lays out really nice for what we do. Which can you touch on how the fact that you have like a 42 North campus? Yeah. Yeah. And that's the other part of it is we can spread out here. So, you know, we have, Ooh, I think it's, you know, what, Probably 11,000 square feet in the tap room in the brew house. Uh, we added another 6,000 square feet, which is our production area, canning area, Package, packaging area. Packaging area. Uh, and then the Airbnbs upstairs, which are super cool. And then we're here across the street in the barrel room. So we've created this cool craft campus. Uh, and, you know, the events that we host here in our backyard is really cool because we'll close the alley down and we'll have... <laughs> You know, folks mingling in all three in all three buildings. So this entire space was the marketing firm that that entire building, or did you have to build on for like the Airbnb so, itself? So, so where the Airbnbs are and the packaging space is, that's a brand new building. So we built that in uh, in boy middle of nineteen and uh, eighteen and nineteen. Eighteen so and nineteen, could... and it was up and running. Um, just in time for things that happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so the, the it worked out great. We again, we got lucky. We got lucky. We got lucky that that owner of that what was a pretty decrepit apartment building, yes, was willing to sell it. You know, part of our original vision wasn't to have that property, True. and if we didn't have that property. I don't know how we would have survived. We wouldn't be brewing as much beer or putting it in cans right now without that space. So we got we got lucky. And how was the? Because this is the village, obviously. So how were the? How was the town mm-hmm. uh, with all of this? Were they receptive to it? Were they happy? Uh, uh, first of all, I mean, village of East Aurora is you know. People say, "What's the you know what makes East Aurora so vibrant?" And I, I do think part of it is the openness and pro business mentality of, of the village, but also the rules they put in place. Forever ago, yeah. I mean, so you know, there's you know, East Aurora doesn't have drive-throughs, uh, but you can walk down Main Street with a beer, uh, and you know, they've done a really good job of of keeping you know East Aurora. Uh, kind of the character in place, mm-hmm. um, but for us again, it from the moment we concepted Forty Two North to the moment we opened was you know close to two years, because we did have to work with the village to change zoning, to make brewing an approved manufacturing. Yeah, we're uh, considered light industrial, so that's where you run into some problems sometimes. Like you'll you'll see the breweries pop up and say the first word where the entire area is zoned for industrial, and then like that's okay, whereas we're zoned for agriculture. Right. <laughs> Right. But the village was supportive. Uh, we had to provide examples of other, um, of other villages similar to East Aurora that had breweries. And, you know, they, and they continue to be super supportive. So we had to jump through more hoops. 
than probably some do, but it was worth it. It's worth it. Sure. Well worth it. And, you know, we're so fortunate to be in, in East Aurora because we've got a really solid kind of loyal walk-up customer base as well as East Aurora has become this kind of staycation destination. And Fred can tell you on any given weekend, you know, three quarters of the customers have never been here before. People from all over. Yeah. It's almost annoying how many people come here on the weekends because they ruin it. We're just like, dude, like, oh, we like it. Well, you guys love it, but yeah, it's just like there's so much foot traffic. It's almost yeah. ridiculous. Yeah. And then everyone goes to Knox Farms with their dog, and then right. everyone's seeing all the different parks, and you're just like, dude, just kind of like, right. go back, man. Like, right. the whole town was formed by like a couple families on vacation. Yeah. And then yeah. they put in place all these amazing rules where it's just like, yeah, you can drink on the street. Who cares? <laughs> and then now you have so much foot traffic where yeah. it's just an insane amount of people yeah and well, then all yeah. the festivals too yeah and there's not an open it's lack thereof yeah well there's not an open retail um any retail space on main street main street's booked 100 oh, percent. i'm sorry i thought you were saying the open container law oh yeah it's the lack of <laughs> yes, open yes. container right they don't say you can drink, they just don't tell you you can't right that's so right. cool. Yeah. so you started this and then you're a part of trying to build out the front like the whole restaurant area so so what they brought me on to do was build a team to build the experience. Mm-hmm. So th- the goal in that aspect was to find people that cared about beer, first of all, and then uh, the service aspect of things. So you're trying to meet people, not necessarily that have 10 years of bar experience and a bunch of built-in bad habits, but sometimes <laughs> train people that you recognize as, as you're perfect for this business. Let me teach you mm-hmm. about beer and how to serve beer and you know how to deal with customers. And, and I think that's where we came up with our awesome team right now. You know, we've always had a good team, um, still do, and, and I'm, I'm proud of that fact. Yeah. Right? You know, that's something that we've worked hard on uh, to try to create an experience and, you know, chosen our it reviews and everything online people you know there's like hey great service thank you you know sometimes you go to a bar and there's one person back there chatting with their buddy in the corner mm-hmm. and you know like here when you walk in we want you to be welcomed you know yeah. well, and, and i think sell I you the food sell you the beer craft beer can still be intimidating to a lot of people mm-hmm. especially western new york for sure we are not colorado we're not vermont hopefully someday we will have that uh, adoption of craft beer but, you know, any given weekend, half the people in are kind of walking, looking around, intimidated. And, you know, you do go to some breweries, um, not locally, but nationally, that, you know, that you get a little intimidated by the beer menu. Mm-hmm. And you get a little intimidated by, you know, uh, if you don't know what that certain hop is. Sure. So we really try to, you know, be approachable. And Fred and his team have you know, made craft beer approachable to people. I mean, if you want the crazy stuff, Matt's brewing it. Yeah. But, you know, if you want, there's also some gateway. We'll find some for yeah, everybody. So, some yeah. gateway beers yeah. <laughs> that, you know, can help people get into craft slowly. And it's fun to watch the progress of some people where they start coming, you know, if they come more than once and they try a lager, you know, sure. just a Craftsman lager, nice, easy drinking German lager. And two months later, you got them up on a, the white oak borderland ipa or something you know they're something they never would have had before right um but also you know we're always happy to give people a taste of something you know if, if you're not sure try it you know i'll tell you all about it but if you don't taste it 
you know, mm. you're never going to be able to decide for yourself. Also, so I love giving yeah. someone a borderland IPA when they say I hate IPAs. Yeah. Well, they probably had a 110 IBU, right. you know, West Coast IPA bomb that was, you know, over the top. And I hated IPAs for a while because my first one was a double IPA. Yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Right. And I hated <laughs> them forever. <laughs> yeah. I still don't know what I'm doing, yeah. but now I at least can taste some stuff. Right. So that's kind of interesting when you brought up the fact that you kind of tried to hire personality rather than experience. Because I feel like that's, that's not talked about enough. You can teach a lot of this stuff, not to like demean anything, but you can teach a lot of the service aspect. But having that personality to have people come in and talk to them and make them feel welcome and comfortable, that's something that you really can't teach. Yes. And I, I come from a high volume bar background and you know, I've been a bartender for 15, 16 years now, worked downtown, worked on Chippewa Allen. So it, it was a learning curve for me too to hire the right people for the job. When I was just looking for people, it was like, how, you know, are you fast? Do you do this? Do you do that? You know, and, and to learn that, yeah, we can bring people in, especially, you know, we've, we've started serving spirits more recently, but for five years, we weren't. Local spirits. Local spirits, yes. We have Buffalo a spirits. farm license. <laughs> so, uh, so that was definitely a big thing was just saying like, all right, I can, I can train these people all about the beer. You know, we started doing beer huddles and, uh, you know, basically where we're educating them on how you describe it to the customer, uh, what, what hops are in it, uh, who you're going to sell this to. You know, if they say, I like to drink, such and such and such a thing, you can find something for them. And a lot of times that involved branching out a little bit. When people are like, I like light beer, I can sell them a, a Belgian style wit beer, or I can sell them the Day Tracker Session IPA. Even though that's outside their realm mm -hmm. of comfort, maybe it's something they haven't given a chance, mm -hmm. you know, to that and they're and they're willing to try it and then we move on from there. But it's not always give them the same thing. You know, I, I drink Bud Light, what do you what are you gonna right. give me? Uh, you know, so sometimes I like to start there, but give them a few samples of something different and try to help them climb that hill of, uh, finding something new that they really enjoy. Yeah. Even that beer you're drinking, that's that, you know, that's sour. It's a, it's a great way to, we get people who say, I just drink white wine. Mm -hmm. Well, we got something you might actually like and they, they, we can convert them with, with, with that style of beer. So when you were homebrewing, what was the beer that you kind of gravitated towards making? Was it anything? Everybody in the late 80s, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, right? <laughs> was that the thing? Yeah, it was Sierra Nevada, and then there was a beer called uh, Pete's Wicked Ale. Pete's Wicked. Yeah. <laughs> Am I dating I myself back? <laughs> they, they're both still out, so they're I mean, they, they are timeless at this point. The yes. fact that they've been around for 30 years yeah. will surprise some people, I think. Yeah, well, I spent a lot of time in the Pacific Northwest, mm. and, you know, and right then, I'd be between... Anchor Steam and Pete's Wicked Ale uh, and Sierra Nevada. All the beer was coming out of, you know, kind of that Chico, Tahoe area. Mm -hmm. So that's where I fell in love with it. So kind of talking about that and your influences, your tap room and like this area is very, it's pretty unique on the style of it. Where do you, where did you get those influence from? Were they from the Pacific Northwest? Well, this room and these styles, I'm, I'm giving all the, you know, it comes down to Matt and the brew team. You know, my, and hopefully Matt agrees, I'm not a micromanager when it comes to what they brew. Um, I am a hophead, so the only thing I push for is making sure we always have <laughs> our flagship mm -hmm. IPA, and then, you know, we're dabbling now in some more doubles and some more New Englands. But um, when it comes to this room and the stuff we're doing with the Barrel Age program, I leave that to the experts. Uh, as far as my influence, it's always um, 
kind of whatever I want to drink. It's a very, mm-hmm. comes from a very selfish place. <laughs> Hate to say it, but uh, it, it's, it's things that I just, I, I don't see. And I, I approach it. Um, I always like to think there's like, there's two ways that most people I talk to approach the kind of the coming up with the recipe or what they mm-hmm. want to do is it's kind of like the engineer or the chef. So you're either looking at it from a very technical aspect of like, I know this tastes like this, so I want you know these building blocks there. And me, I, I had a foundation as a, as a you know I cook at home, smoke meats, cure meats, a um, lot lot of cooking, and um, worked in restaurants for years. So I always kind of approach it like, all right, I want this flavor, so I know what I can build upon that. Um, as years have gone on, we, we started off with some fairly assertive long term sours. I was like in the Duchess and some um, really great Belgian stuff, but the older I get, my gut can't take it. <laughs> so it's either I'm having a sip of beer and popping a Tums, but kind of trying to tone that back a little bit and make it more approachable for everybody is, you know, that you've got the people out there who, who want to drink the more extreme, really intense sours, almost balsamic-y at times, and I don't mean that as a bad thing, but um, you, you want the beer to be approachable and to the, the talk of gateway beer, that, that's kind of what I want to do. You know, it's my wife started off, I, I use her as an example, she was she would drink, you know, a lager and would never touch an IPA and then um, maybe like a hyper fruited goza. And then kind of over time, like she was my litmus test of like, you know, here you go, I like try this thing, like what do you think of this? What do you think of this? And then kind of like steer them in that direction. And to the, the point before of um, you know, wine drinkers, my brother hates beer, but he's a wine guy and a and a liquor guy. So if I can get them to like something I'm like, all right, I know this is going to be approachable. And then you'll, you'll get the comments sometimes like, well, the beer drinkers aren't drinking it, but the, the wine drinkers are loving it right now. And I'm like, that's great. That's great. Like, we're, we're, we're getting them in. We've got our hooks in them now. And there's the adventure scale on, like, any of the sour cans. If you look on your cans, fellas, like, or your bottles, we put a little scale on the back of it that says, like, how advanced we think the flavor profile is. You know, like, if you're, if you're just getting into sour, something might be easier than another and flavor complexity or how funky it gets. So I, th- I kind of thought that was a cool idea that you guys did. Thank you. <laughs> Good job. I mean, it, it's just it, like it, you it's, look at it and you're like, I'm not ready for this one yet. Well, it, it's, it's nice to know what you're getting into. And I think that was a, there's a lot of you know, apprehension in buying a, a 16 to $20 bottle. Sometimes you're like, well, if I'm not going to like it, I don't want to drink it. And, right. It's not you know, cheap. So, you know, letting people know where you're going to get into. So like before the, uh, you know, the, the quick goes a type thing or the, uh, the, the hyper fruited stuff, like you'll get people like, oh, I love sour beer. And you get like, do you like the really fruity sour beers or do you like the long-term, you know, stuff where you have, not to say it's more complex than the other one, but you have a lot of nuanced, whiny type, earthy flavors that come out of the barrel age stuff. So you want to let someone know what they're, they're getting themselves into. Sure. This one I feel is a good kind of bridge gateway between the two. It's not too funky and weird, but it, it's, um, yeah. So we're drinking the Tropic Plunder right now, which is a, our goes base that we would use for like our, one of our hyper fruited gozes. Uh, but we barrel aged this one. There's no lactose in it. We barrel aged it for about a year and then did a secondary fermentation with uh, passion fruit and guava. So it gives that really nice tropical. It's amazing. Thank you. You mentioned that you, you're you not micromanaging the team. I hope not. Regarding <laughs> regarding the barrel program and things. Yeah, can yeah. you can you guys touch on what that actually looks like? Like, what are those meetings entail what is like who is what makes up the team who are they and then kind of touch on the entire program because this is breweries don't have this man like this is so unique and we see this all the time in distilleries but right coming to a separate building full of barrels and you're just like yeah man like 
good juices in here. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like, can you touch on what we're actually surrounded by? Because this is fascinating from a uh, brewery standpoint. Definitely. So um, the the wall to our our left, your right over here, these are are a blonde base uh, of various years. So some of the barrels you see like right there, Custer, um, that's letting us know what yeast is in that one. You'll see the house four there. That's the fourth generation of a a blend of, like we call it house yeast at this point. So we did a couple blends for uh, Flanders Red a few years ago. Actually, I think pretty early on, maybe mm-hmm. our second or third mm-hmm. year, one of the first barrel projects we had done. And um, it was for a Flanders Red, which is, you know, a traditional, you know, as, it, as the name implies, it's a red beer. Uh, that is a much more assertive sour than, than a lot of people are kind of gravitating towards mm-hmm. at this point in time. And I just kind of had the idea. I was like, well, I mean, blondes are hitting right now, so why don't we try putting a blonde base sure. in here? And, and it comes out really nice and clean, you know, compared to some of the – with the, the darker beer, the more – I don't want to say like acrid, but it, it can be a bit more assertive than yeah. then you get out of like a blonde base. So all blonde base here behind you, you're going to see there's some Russian Imperials. We've got some brown ales. Like I'd say it's kind of like not to say dirty beer, but our stuff with like <laughs> lactobacillus and pediococcus and some, some funky stuff is going off over here. And then these are your, your like Russian Imperial stout like you're drinking is on this side here. I think we have a scot- couple scotch ales going in here. Some other things that are come out kind of like cognac like. Sure. Uh, so it's a combination of a again coming from a kind of a selfish place of you know like what do I want to drink right <laughs> yeah. now and you're talking with the team like what do we want to do because you know you want to do something that you're not drinking all the time but you want to do something you can um, it's gonna be approachable for somebody else and you want to be selfish sure well, I'm totally selfish at least <laughs> are these all made on like experimental brewing or is it what you're making normally and then you're just kind of saving 52 so, gallons for this uh we, we've we've done some of that before okay. but usually it's you know i'll empty a barrel for you know 15 to 20 barrels for a run and then i'll, I'll fill them back up with something else so like when i'm when i'm planning something out like if it's a russian imperial or like a scotch ale we, we want to source barrels that are going to fit you know the beer that we're sure. doing so we'll, we'll talk you know we'll get you know whiskey barrels or some scotch barrels or We've done some stuff in um, like port wine and some rum. Mm-hmm. Yeah, rum barrels. Yeah, the, the the more unique it is, the harder it is to get. So we got to plan really ahead for some of that stuff. And then throughout the years, as you're going through the barrels, they kind of become more neutral. Mm-hmm. So we actually do have some blondes and old whiskey barrels because by like your second or third run, you're not really pulling whiskey out sure. of it anymore because whiskey hasn't been in there in you know years. Yeah. So um, kind of so it's like building that foundation and then, then working up from there. So this adventure scale, before we move on, I, I want to talk about this because we literally just interviewed Clarksburg Cider yesterday and yep. they have their sweetness scale mm-hmm. and theirs is very scientific with sugars. Like they actually have a requirement from New York state of what matches what sweetness. Is this more perception or does this follow some sort of scientific scale too? Uh, it's more of per- personal okay. perceptions. Gotcha. So like, like I was saying before, some of the ones can come out almost balsamic-y. So I would say like that would be like your five. So mm-hmm. like, and I'm, I'm going to drop Duchess again, but Duchess is a very assertive sour beer. And I would say that's at the top of the line. And then there's, we put out a beer a couple of years ago called Sif and Stave, which like mm-hmm. if, if I didn't tell you it was a barrel-aged long-term sour, you would have no idea. It was very clean, mm-hmm. had like a kind of a lemon Pez flavor to it. So something like that or like this, we'll, we'll throw, you know, lower down on the scale I, I wish there was i mean once you've had some of our beers we can kind of drop it more to you sure. but just letting you know that like it's not too extreme mm-hmm. so it's, it's a good place for you to start that's awesome yeah uh we put out well, the first ones we had them on was a series i think there was was a four i believe in the series yeah yeah the four and, and mm-hmm. we had pretty much everything from like one through five in that series so one of them was like a wild forge beer where we went out and we we picked ingredients from around the area and then we, we did a secondary fermentation on like wild blueberry blackberry sumac bunch of other stuff and that was a very because we picked up wild yeast with that as well so that became a very assertive like 
you know, intense beer. So that, you know, fell at the end of funk. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And the people who were into That's that gone. were like, yeah, that, that one disappeared flash in the pan. And then we had one that was, um, done with, uh, golden berries, which are, or they're called ground cherry sometimes or Cape Cod gooseberries, mm-hmm. but it had a really nice like mango, um, pineapple vibe to it. So it was nice when we first dropped it, it was like, here's the scale. So you kind of had your idea like, okay, each one of these beers is going to take me a step up in intensity. Which, excuse me, you mentioned flash in the pan. So regarding someone's experience, how does that work with the kitchen? Because you guys have a stack. I mean, you have options for days. So do you do like pairings and things like that where you work in conjunction with the kitchen to kind of pair certain release beers with what's going to be made so that someone can have like a full sit down experience? Not as much of that, but I think that's, first of all, a really nice segue to, you know, during the last few years, we actually turned our kitchen operations over to Fat Bob's Barbecue. So they are, they are our restaurant in residence. Great people, great food, and a great compliment to beer, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's, it's been a, it's a phenomenal partnership. We're in the beer business, and we think we're pretty good at that. They're in the food business. They're really good at that. Um, and when we were doing our own food, you know, I could have had a Michelin chef. We would have always been known as a brewery first. So bringing in Fat Bob's as our partner on the food, Fred will attest to this fact is it's <laughs> made our lives a lot easier. It's a very sharp scale up <laughs> in, in the numbers we're doing in food. But uh, on that note, we are chatting with them about that very thing, about doing some some pairings, you know, different sauces, different beers. Uh, so that's actually on the horizon, some discussions yeah. on what we can do more so with them on the, on the culinary side. And we did a, a one pairing mm-hmm. last yeah. uh, last spring, I want to say. I think we do that it well, we like every year, I feel like yeah. we do it, at least when we've done it. I'd like to see more, but, you know, it's it, that's one of the most fun things about beer and food is putting them together and coming up with something that right. really works well together. And so planning those kind of things is a fun part of my job because what do you do? You sit down, you taste food, and you taste beer. So not it's like it's not a bad, not a bad part of the job. <laughs> I think a lot of it too, like being very blunt and very transparent, is when you if you tell somebody like, "Oh, where do you live?" Like, I live in East Aurora. It's got this different mystique to it where people understand, like, "Oh, like you live in East Aurora." Mm-hmm. Got it. Like the locals understand what that actually that yeah. means. So when you have that perfect blend, which is East Aurora of like blue collar, white collar. And like old generational wealth, but then also just like a down and dirty yeah. respective uh, like mystique about you. It's just like having those options. That's what's so great about other places on the strip. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't 
win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit MDGamblingHelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Because you can have, you can come to 42 North and have a super great beer, super good environment, awesome food, and then leave and everything's peachy. You can also go to Gastro down the street, literally yeah. walking distance, and have a totally different vibe. Right. And it goes all the way down the road. Yeah. Like, there's so many different landmarks that are on Main Street and East Aurora that it's like, you can't even keep up. Yeah. The fact that you guys are tapping into that is, one, genius, but also super exciting because it's not, that's not a thing yet. And it elevates 42 North into a totally different stratosphere of like, hey, like we're going to give you a, a really good food option with barbecue, but we're also going to give you a really good beer option. Let's combine them and you can sleep here. Yeah. Like that is so <laughs> unique that yeah. it's it's yeah. I mean, that's a whole different league of yeah. business model. Well, it's funny you bring that up and I'll give you guys a scoop. Actually, Matt will give you a scoop is what we've been doing and now we're planning with our community collabs. Mm-hmm and brewing small batch um, with local businesses. Yes, so let's go. We got a, don't we have a couple on the on the horizon? So we just had one come out. Uh, we, we do this every year, but uh, Masterson's Nursery down the mm-hmm. road, um, they have a... Apiary. Uh, apiary? Yep. Okay, thank you. It's a bee farm. Anyone didn't know like me, a bee farm. But uh, So they, they, they have bees. So they have a honey festival every year. So we've been making like a, an English style braggot for them for the last few years. Um, we have it on tap here. They, we do a sampling over there when they do the festival. 
Uh, last year we decided to expand it, do more than one beer. So we did a saison last year. Uh, uh, what I referred to was a, like a ten and a half percenter. I called under the table saison. That one was really nice. We it actually um, we do cool shipping beers sometimes. So we actually. It, it, in the winter, we will take wort, we'll put it in a vessel and leave it outside overnight. So it's inoculated by the, the microbes in the air. So the wild yeast, you're actually, you're tasting the area. Uh, so right. we uh, cultured a yeast from that, which had a really nice um, Belgian kind of character to it, a little spice, a mm-hmm. little phenolic, but but not overbearing. And uh, we did a uh, dual fermentation where we gave that a few days with the local yeast and then hit it with a Saison yeast. Ended up being, like I said, 10.5% under the table. Didn't taste like it. It was delicious, but very dangerous. Uh, so this year I made a, a <laughs> over-the-table Saison, so a 4%er. So, uh, but we, so that was the Masterson, which the, both of those are on tap right now. So there's an English Braggot and a Honey Saison. Um, coming up, we have a collab we did which, um, with Lucky Day for our anniversary. So mm-hmm. we're doing a um, just a, a true-to-form Goza, but then we're going to turn that Goza into a cocktail. So you can either get the straight Goza... You can get the Goza as the cocktail, and then we, we also got a, a series of um, seven different syrups that you can add to. It's a kind of a European thing, so mm-hmm. you could, you know, you want it to be raspberry this time. We'll do a shot of raspberry in there, and you'll get the Goza. Um, and we're chatting with uh, the new hot spot in town, Rosie's Ice Cream. Yes. Nice. About uh, yes. doing something with those guys. Uh, Blue-Eyed yeah. Baker, we've done something with. Yeah, we did a re- really hot um, <laughs> raspberry macaroon. Goza with them, and that sold out in like a day. I think yeah. <laughs> that, that was really, really quick. Yeah. That was very popular. Do you just reach out to these businesses and say you want to collab on this? Yep. Yeah, yeah. And said. a lot of them are. I mean, East Aurora is a small town, so mm-hmm. you know we do. A lot of them are friends um, in one way, shape, or form. You know, I think we even might even be doing something with the barber shop. Yeah, well, don't, don't say which one because both have approached us. Okay. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so that's, but to your point, that's the cool thing about East Aurora is there's so many creative businesses, you know, great, you know, cool vibe with different businesses. So for us to be able to collaborate with them and, and work with them, that's what really makes East Aurora a pretty special place to do business. I feel like 42 North is on that level of a lot of, or a few other breweries that you guys have kind of like a cult following. And when did you realize or find out that that's kind of the case? Because you're, there's different <laughs> levels of breweries. And you when guys a are guy walked there. into the brewery with a 42 North tattoo. Really? <laughs> yeah. And he didn't work here? <laughs> no. That wasn't me. That was early. That was, that was early. It wasn't me. It was early. He had one of our cans growler, on his calf. Can. Yeah, the blank growler can. And I felt bad when we updated our cans because his <laughs> tattoo is out of date. No, that dates him. That yeah, means he's an OG. Yeah. But we, we do events. We have a, what we call our tap trucker you know, going out. So when you start realizing, you're like, I saw that guy last time. I yeah. saw this guy last time. And then you realize you've been at every single one of these events. And they're like, yeah, we're following you guys. Like, it's like the dead. We're, we're, we're going from place to place. When you guys show up someplace, we know it's going to yeah. be a good time. So we'll, we'll come out. Yeah. And, and, and I think to your point, the other thing about East Aurora is we're a gateway to outdoor sports. No doubt. So Hunter's Creek, Spreadbrook, Knox. You know, obviously, we do a lot of work in Ellicottville, Spreadbrook. So we've really gone out of our way to work with the mountain bike community, the skiers, the hikers. We do a great charity bike ride from here to Ellicottville. Mm-hmm. So, so John actually did that himself. Yeah, we raised fifty grand for the Rails wow. to Trail program. That's great. So, so part of that cult following are these active adventure seeker people. That's our that's our that's our brand. You know. Not that you have to ride 50 miles to drink our beer, but there's a lot of people who 
you know, like that camaraderie of being outdoors, hiking, biking that are part of our tribe for sure. Which is huge too, because you also can tap into the hunting community, which is obviously massive with Franklinville, Holland, and then you have Windy Sydney Brew down the street. Mm -hmm. So what's nice is like, if somebody's working their way, they can bar hop and they can touch Windy City. They can yeah. come here and then they're like, all right, now I'm going to go home. Right. Because after they leave 42 North, after both of you guys, you got some high percentage beers flowing. Yeah. So yeah. these people are like, all right, now I got, I got to cut it off. Well, we love But again, is, they can stay here. Yeah. What I love is I love around Christmas between Thanksgiving and Christmas, you'll see eight cars parked in front of the brewery and all eight have a Christmas tree on top of the car. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> You know, to your point, they've you know they've they've got their Christmas tree maybe out in Strikersville and they're yep. swinging back this way for a beer. I mean, yeah, exactly. When yeah. you when you're done cutting down a tree, you're gonna want a beer. <laughs> I mean, it's natural as a man. Like you're just that's that's a natural progression of right. the day. It gives Dad an excuse to go to the brewery. <laughs> right? What made you come up with the name Forty Two North? Obviously, we're Forty Two yeah. parallel. Yeah, yeah, and that was it. I think I just wanted something that was authentic and wasn't too. I just or again. For me, beer is all about a sense of place. Mm -hmm. It's where are we and 42nd parallel. First of all, no one else trademarked it, so that's the first reason. (laughs) Sure. Because it's really hard to find anything that you can own. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, yeah, 42 North, 42nd parallel. You know, I'm a history buff, Mm -hmm. so, you know, the history of, you know, the the people and the places from here throughout the Finger Lakes is cool. So, yeah, it gave us a sense of place. you know, we had five or six options, but you know, it yeah, no regrets with the name. What were the other options? Do you want to say? Uh, we had Treaty Saison to start, yeah. Borderlands, the Oatmeal Cookie. We had, I believe it was called Red Jacket, Red Ale. Well, what oh, do you mean for names for the business or the yeah, beer? the business? Oh, no, I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. No, you're like, good. no but, but, but <laughs> the five beers we had yeah, to start. <laughs> no, but but Treaty was one of them. Yes, um, Treaty Brewing Company uh, was one of them. Uh, there was also, we did history of the property. It used to be an old kind of a coal yard. Oh, okay. Where our building is back in mid-1800s. Sure. So one was Coal Yard Brewing Company. Oh, that'd be cool. You know, um, so yeah, if there's any other, you know, prospective brewery owners that are looking for name options, I can sell them one that we can <laughs> <Yeah>. You already <laughs> trademarked it, but you'll sell it. Oh, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, the font for 42 North, does that, does that meet, is there like an East Aurora regulation or something like that or no? As far as like the, the font style for Oh, the, we did not, it was good, we did not go with the Roy Croft okay. font style. So you had an option. That's good. Oh, absolutely. I That's mean, cool. there, we did not go there because you know, honestly, we're not trying to be the brewery that's, you know, next to the Roycroft. We're trying to build our own brand. Um, you know, and East Aurora has Fisher Price. East Aurora has the Bar Bill. East Aurora has the Roycroft. East Aurora has, um, you know, a lot of cool companies and brands. So. Yeah, that sign guy that makes signs like all 4D and 3D. It's he made insane. our sign. He made our sign. Yeah, I was going to yeah. ask you. Oh, yeah. Visual impacts. Visual yeah. impacts. Yeah, yeah, that guy's a savage. Yeah, great, great. Yeah, so he created our sign. Great company. I really want to talk to him. Oh, I'm you serious. Yeah, yeah, he does some cool stuff. We can uh, introduce him. So, <laughs> Please. So, yeah, so for us, it was we wanted to create our own brand, our own identity, and we didn't want to just draft off. I think it would have been easy and to just be the East Aurora Brewing Company and do all of our fonts in mm-hmm. Roycroft. Yeah. But that wouldn't be something we could own. Sure. Did you start canning right away or did you wait a little bit? 
Uh, we, we started canning pretty much end of 2019. I think October of 2019 is oh, when, okay. when our canning line arrived. So pretty much it was either right before we were or doing right mobile after the anniversary. Yeah, we were, we were doing mobile canning for a couple of years before, which was great to get, get your name out there, but you're pretty much breaking even if you're lucky. Sure. But now you're basically everywhere, right? Like all the local brewery, or we're, like we're, we're distributed from stuff. Chautauqua County to um, Binghamton. Wow! Geez. All along the Forty Second Parallel, by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We've got a great distributor network. I think our brand plays well in the Finger Lakes. Again, active, outdoorsy, hiking, biking, fo- you know, skiing, fishing. So, um, the brand plays pretty well. In, in, in the Finger Lakes and in Chautauqua and definitely in Ellicottville. We, we have a great following down there. Where do you guys source, if you can talk about it, where do you source your like materials and things like that? Like, Is there a massive uh, collaboration um, like push to work with local farmers to try to get you know everything you need from hops and things like that? Like, How does that look like? A um, li- little bit of everything. Um, we are, we're a farm brewery. We have a co-brewery license. I'd say probably 95% of what we get is not local, like New York State malts. So uh, we get a lot of British malts, some German malts. Um, we, we do do some New York State beers. We um, Our Day Trekker IPA is, um, I think it's at this point, like 70% New York State hops. So we, we work, I, I'd say, more with the, the hop aspect of New York State. Um, we, we will do, you know, local beers like that. It's, it's more a matter of, um, we, we try to use the... the the right malt for the right beer kind of a thing. So like if we're making a German beer, we want to have German malt and stay as true to form. But, but it's, it's what's great now is it's coming on the forefront kind of where we're starting off right now is there's American maltsters who are growing oil or importing European malts and then using those, those techniques that they're using over there. Mm-hmm. So you can, you can get your German malt, you know, swish, swish, quote, quote, from a American maltster now. So th- those are some things. I actually have a couple bags I just got from our main distributor to, to try to you know play that out. Just it, it's nice when you can support you know mm-hmm, local sure. or at least U.S. stuff. Yeah. Um, and with the way some things in the world are going, who knows what's going to happen on the forefront? So mm-hmm. why not try to kind of close that loop as much as we possibly can? Sure. So clearly, everything and like all of us basically have a different beer. Your lineup is extremely extensive. I mean, you'll basically brew anything that you're interested in. <laughs> what is what are the staples? Like, do you have five or six like main staples that are always here that won't change? Well, we'll always have our Borderland IPA. Um, Day Trekker is a session IPA. Um, we have our Wallonia Wit, which comes in two forms. In the summertime, it shifts over to a pineapple wit. Um, the rest of the year, it is available as just a, a regular Belgian style wit. Um, the Craftsman, which, which John had mm-hmm. referenced, which is um, a Vienna type lager. Um, say similar to kind of like a yingling type, you know, a little more malty. Um, we have a illumination pilsner. So I guess I'd say and maybe the porter, s- asylum and porter. A, sorry, asylum porter too. So I guess we, we have anywhere from six to eight ish kind of core beers that kind yeah. of pop in and out and then seasonals and there, but, but those beers are pretty reliably always on the, the first, you know, four most definitely anytime you come here. And there, do you have any like brewery exclusive where you have to only get here? So mm-hmm. the the one that you and I okay. are drinking, the, the the sours, you might find maybe in a, a bottle shop obscurely. Sometimes guys, will just, if we don't sell it out, they'll come and buy it retail. <laughs> so, so they're like, well, we want to have this here, but you know, we, you guys don't distro it, so they'll come here and they'll buy themselves a case, and then sell it off in their shop. So uh, the barrel aged stuff is mostly available just in house. Um, 
our, some our, pilot batches. We'll yeah, do. Pi- pilot batches. Mm-hmm. So we'll do we'll do one offs with that stuff. And um, trying to think what else. We have a couple other things that'll pop up on there. Um, so you so you do pilot batches. Yeah, yeah. We, we'll do pilot batches. Um, mm-hmm. Whether we're testing out a new, you know crazy big plan we want to do one day that's off the wall so you want to make sure you got it all dialed <laughs> yeah, right in. you know we'll do that or, or sometimes you just want to do something fun for a small thing like let's let's see how this goes sure. or you know how is how big is your pilot batch and how big is your regular uh we have a two barrel pilot batch system so um yields about depending upon the beer you know one and a or three and a half half kegs you know maybe mm-hmm. more if it's a you know something not so hoppy where you use a lot use a lot of loss there and then our full system is a 20 barrels so it's Jesus. from uh, 60 gallons to 600 gallons and then for fermenter space, we have six 20-barrel fermenters. We have 115, 130-barrel, and then 145-barrel. Okay. <laughs> and so, hopefully more to come. Yeah, and more, and more, more on the way. I, sure, but, like, yeah. listen, who the hell is helping to clean that? Dude, that's a, a massive system. I have a, a great team, great team of guys who are, are helping. How many people compose of this team? Like Mar- Philip Rivers has eleven kids, but like my God, yeah. currently I'll say about two and a half. Yeah, Matt, Matt will say not enough. Yes, <laughs> yeah, we, we are at a, uh, a low point in our staffing right now. We could, yeah, we yeah, could, we could we, use. So if anybody's out there looking, yep, yep, submit a resume to fortunenorth.com. Yep, my com- okay, yeah, might be here on a Saturday, just yeah. helping you scrub some yeah. floors. <laughs> yeah. You'll be by yourself on a Saturday. But <laughs> to that point, you know, the guys. That's one good thing. We we're a Monday through yeah. Friday operation for now. The, the team we do have. They multitask, they brew, they clean, they can. It's all hands on deck. So Yeah, yeah the guys, I like to say we, we do a dance. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, we're, we're all comfortable in what we can do. So, you know, you can start one project and kind of you're running circles. I mean, there's days where I'll put, you know, 10, 15 miles on myself mm-hmm. in the brewery, which is wild over the course of a 400 square foot area. Yeah. So are you guys kind of at your limit for like where you got to think to upgrade and stuff or no? Oh, we're, I mean, we're... We're pressing up against, and Matt and I had this conversation last week, we're pressing up against with the current equipment on what we can do for next year because mm-hmm. we do have some somewhat aggressive plans. But the good news is, you know, our, our facility isn't limited. Sure. We have yep. room to add fermenters. Yeah, John had the foresight to, when they were piping in all their glycol, which helps chill mm-hmm. the tanks, we have enough room right now for another four to five tanks, depending upon how we yeah. place those. Yeah, so, so we can grow here. Our, our strategy is much more grow organically, you know, um, you know, we could brew a ton more of beer and just push it out there, but we're rather just make sure that it's pulled through. And then every time someone picks up one of our beers, it's with, you know, it's been put in a can within 30 days. Yeah. And, which is awesome. So it's I mean, super fresh. I mean, we were talking about the village, but just getting water lines and everything that you need from a facility mm-hmm. standpoint here had to be a bear. No, we, we have great water lines. We have yeah. really, really fast water here. And that yeah. was, that, but that was, yeah, that was... Just, uh, I think you guys paid... Four. Four. four, four, four. Inch, like, it, that, was the, that was the $75,000 water line. <laughs> That's <Yeah>. ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's those things you don't, you know, you don't know, right? When you start this off, it's right. like... So yeah, we closing down the street and dropping in the new water line and you know, that's what I think of, you know, folks opening a brewery. It's like, those are things you don't think of that are critical. I, I can get Where's your water from? How much are you getting in? You know, 30 to 45 gallons a minute if I need it, which is <laughs> insane. <laughs> and it's interesting, too, because yeah. you'll see it on paper. You're just like, oh, it's four inch line. Like, all right, whatever. Yeah. And then you see it actually installed. 
And you're like, hold on, like, yeah. you have to blow up the street? Like, what are you talking about? And you're like, well, yeah, dude, like, where'd you think this yeah. was coming from? Like, right. four right. inch on paper is way different in reality. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah. No one's flushing a toilet, you're losing water pressure. So. Yeah, I think, <laughs> exactly. we, I think we had a three quarter inch water line in the legacy building, and yeah. Three quarter inch? Yeah. It's which, worth, worth the upgrade. <laughs> 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 but again, by, because, you know, we're lucky enough to own the building, that's an investment that we were prepared to make. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're renting a building, you know, that's going to be a, who, who's paying for that? The tenant, the landlord, you know, cause that's one of those jump balls. Yeah. So next plans or whatever is the next plan to kind of upgrade the facilities and then increase distro or like, what is, what is your future plans mm-hmm. at the place? If you can get into it. Hmm. Fred, what's our plan? <laughs> it's above my pay grade. I don't know. I don't know if I'm allowed to talk about it. He's like, you're sitting next to me, man. Like, I don't know what to tell I don't know. you. Fred hasn't talked in a while, so yeah. <laughs> I, w- I would love to see uh, more fermenters in the tap room. I would love to, you know what? I would love someday, and and this is just my wish list, but more more taps in the tap room, more more lines, so I can have twenty different beers on uh, all the time. I love I love the idea of variety. Mm-hmm. But, you know, that's just a me wish. You know, I love when somebody comes in. We do, like you were talking about earlier, we have Mm -hmm. a great um, selection. We have, you know, you can come in any time and there's, you know, there are two or three lagers on. We have four IPAs on. We got three or four dark beers. We, you know, there's, we're not just 10 IPAs and a lager and a dark beer. You know, there's, there's something from everywhere. And I like to keep that going. I love our experimental beers. I think most of anything. I love, I love drinking things like Tropic Plunder. I love trying the. Uh, we have the Endeavor series that was rum barrel aged Baltic porter. You know, like I love seeing all this crazy stuff come out of there. But you know, you gotta you know sell a bunch to in order to make more. Yeah. So, so there are plans to to grow, um, but organically slow. We're we're probably the you know more the the tortoise versus the hare strategy, but. Uh, Personally, I'm looking for more ways to get our experience and our beer directly in front of customers. So we've been super aggressive on creating events. I mean, we're taking our tap tracker to Watkins Glen, Skinny Atlas, uh, to get our brand, Ellicottville, our brand out there. Um, So, you know, there may be, you know, future 42 North tap rooms out there somewhere on the 42nd parallel where we can replicate this experience and Fred can, you know, coach those new employees for front of house and we can deliver Matt's beer. So, you know, we're, we're snooping around at, you know, how do we take this, replicate this mm-hmm. here in other places where we can, you know, experience, you know, fans can, or beer customers can experience us firsthand. So that's something we're 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 looking into. Yeah. Do you guys ever pay attention to like untapped ratings at all when you're making beer? No. It's always interesting to, to talk to people like because some people do, some people don't. Yes and no. Um, you know, people will always complain if they have a, a voice to complain, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Um, I'm much more of the opinion you should rise things up. Like I'll, I'll sit there when I'm having some beers and I'm bored, and I'll just five star everything I possibly can think about on tap just because like to put it politely fuck your algorithm and fuck what you guys are doing to the beer industry um, it, it's unfortunate because you you, you, you want to take it to heart I mean you do and you don't you want to take feedback but when feedback's just like 
I don't drink porters. This porter sucks. One star. Right. Like it's okay. Well, that's obviously not for you. I don't drink gin, but I'm not out there rating gin. So <laughs> yeah. like, I'm like, this gin sucks. Well, I hate gin, time. so it must be yeah. good. Like, you know. So I mean, if I appreciate feedback when it's constructive, constructive. Yeah, when it's constructive. When and you've got something to say, we're like, you know, this is a little bit too bitter for me, or there was this, but just to be like. This sucks, right. blah, blah, blah. Then you look at their thing and it's like, I drink Jenny Cream Ale all day and every IPA I poop on. Like, <laughs> cool, bro. Like, why'd you feel better for lording that over somebody? But, like, um, so I guess yes and no. I mean, it, it, it does, it sucks when you pour your heart into something yeah. to see someone be like, oh, yeah, this thing. Then, take it personal. I, I think like, it's a tainted that, system in general. Well, you think yeah, too is just, like, you know, when you'll see, like, I, I like it for like if you see a lot of bad reviews coming out of a specific place and you're like, okay, what's going on over here? Like, right. why are people drinking our beer in house or over here and they like it? But then, like, is it the, are their draft lines dirty? Is it the clientele at this place? Are we barking up the wrong tree with this? You know, because I mean, every place does have its own kind of culture and sure. clientele. So I, I, I try not to get hurt by it, but I try to think constructively. Like, okay, why is it this? And I sometimes will, you know, against my better judgment, like you know, read the comments. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's there's some data there that's valuable. I mean, I, you know, I used Untapped now and then just if I'm tasting somebody's beer that I really like, I just want to. I want a place to keep it in my notes. So yeah, I have it on my Drink the beer first beer. and then look it on tap. Don't, don't, sorry, I'm popping right. pop your mic, right. but, but don't, don't let them tell you what to think. And I think that's, that's right. one of the things that you do get a lot of. Cause yeah. I mean, we've all had a beer where it's like, this beer is four and a half or five stars. And you're like, really? Like right. this? Everybody's different. Yeah. Or the band, it starts a bandwagon where, uh, you know, we've all seen hype and craze around certain beers where people have a line out their door for their beer. And, and people, you could make something that tastes exactly the same. I'm not saying that's what we're trying to do here, but even if you did, people would say, well, it's not this. So it's garbage. You know, like it, it, people build so much hype over a brand on these social media platforms that they turn into this elevated, they can do nothing wrong. Yeah. <laughs> like they'll pull out, you know, they'll pull out some weird, weird beer and something I would never want to drink. But at the same time, everybody's jumps on it, you know, mm. and... Yeah, it's like that Sierra Nevada beer that we were talking about. I don't know what's going on with all that. <laughs> Apparently, that was a big craze back in the 80s. Exactly. Look <laughs> out. It was good in the 90s, <laughs> That, too, that crap thing's never going to take off. <laughs> Nobody's going to drink these hoppy beers. What are they thinking? No, I mean, to be fair, the, the craft industry, I think, kind of shot itself in the foot from uh, straight out the gate because you had that like a bitter beer arms race. So you, you, you alienated such a large subject of people. I mean, think about the ads back when we, like, we were younger. It was all like, mm, bitter beer face. And, you know, like, oh, like, like that's a Sam Adams. Like, that's hardly something. Well, that, there was an, <laughs> it was an IBU race. I yeah, mean, well, that's you know. a, you know, like, first off, you can't taste anything over. I think it's like 75 IBUs. You're about, you're, you physically can't distinguish that. So they're like, this is a thousand IBU beer. It's like, cool. Yeah. Like, who, <laughs> that was like 2010. But, yeah, yeah. So, and and you contract crazy hops now because of it. Right. So Green Flash was the one leading that charge. And yeah. by the way, they're really not in business anymore. <laughs> what was the, uh, was it like war... What was the extract you got? You know, like that oh, people used to use uh, warrior extract. Warrior extract. Yes. Warrior hop extract. I took <laughs> so when they were playing around with double IPAs back. In, I mean, this is six, seven years ago, and they were making a double. I just happened to stick my pinky in a in a big container of warrior extract and decided to taste oh, it. And I couldn't taste anything for the rest of the day. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> yeah, that's what they were trying to go for with yeah. the. Uh, that, that arms race you guys were talking about that was it's it's interesting I, I'm gonna paraphrase the the famous quote but it's it's like you're, you're trying to judge a dog's ability to climb a tree 
like it's not its specialty. And you guys narrowed down the that obviously it's not the exact quote, so don't freak out because I know we're gonna get forty <laughs> comments about okay, the actual comments from Mark Twain, like whatever. But the it's it's just nice that you guys focus in on what you're actually like one passionate about, two good at, and then three what you can duplicate. Because at the end of the day, that's what actually matters. Yep. So you hammered experience, good mm-hmm. beers, and the overall like growth mindset of slow and you know slow, smooth, smooth as fast, mm-hmm. and we'll just do it organically. We'll gain a cult following, and now we have what we have. To the extent where, like, I was almost nervous when we pulled up, and I'm like, "Oh God, they're open! Like, where are we gonna go?" And you're like, "Dude, it's fun. we have so many different options." You're like, "What do you mean we have options? Like, we're not used to that." So it's really cool that you guys are in this spot. But, um, I really just wanted to like thank you guys because this is like incredible. It's. Uh, 42 North has been like this weird uh, recommendation for us from our audience. We're like, you guys, you got to have them on. You got to have them on. It's like, okay, we like, we're trying. Like, it, <laughs> Thanks, audience. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But like at the same time, you guys are super busy. Like you have so much happening. But um, first of all, thank you. Yeah, and sec- yeah, and secondly, yeah. just like how can people find you and where can people uh, come see you? Like what are your hours? Uh, it's the only day. The only day we're closed is Monday. So that's when Matt's team can clean all the, the, the 20 barrel fermenters. <laughs> yep. uh, yeah, weekdays, weekdays, four to 11 weekends, you know, noon yeah, to Friday, Saturday, yeah. Sunday, yeah. we open Friday at two to midnight, yeah. Saturday, noon to midnight, Sunday, noon to eight. Check us out. I, you know, yeah. for those of you who are still into social media, follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Um, our website, Instagram. we do a pretty good job of keeping that updated. Um, and we'd love for anybody to come in and say hello and, Try a beer and meet the team. You know we're we're still a piece of clay. We don't have all the answers, but you know we. The good news is, seven years in, we've got a we've got our feet underneath us, mm. but we are not done innovating. We're not done growing by any means. Yeah, so excited to continue watching you guys grow because you have <laughs> you have the room, you have the mindset, you have everything to do it, and it's just it's going to be awesome. So thank you, awesome. thanks guys so much. Anything else thank that you want to add before we close out? No, um, when you guys take that equipment down, we're going to go have another beer. Love that. Thank you so much. <laughs> When's this coming out? Just out of curiosity. Uh, I, I don't two, know. I don't know my phone. Three weeks? Yeah, two, three, three weeks. weeks on a Friday. We, we could talk to Yildur if you want to talk about anything that's coming out. Um, I'll give you the exact date right now. Oh, so we don't, if we want to leave it evergreen, we can leave it evergreen. Yeah, we'll leave it evergreen. Okay. November 4th. Okay. We'll yeah, we'll leave it evergreen. Yeah. Always know beer's coming. Always new beers. Well, thank you guys so much. Appreciate your time. Thank you. Go check them out. They have amazing beers, amazing atmosphere. Atmosphere you can't go wrong. So, thanks so much. Cheers. Thanks Thanks for coming our way, guys.
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code OLDLINE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.